Gamification Talk Radio is sponsored by Sententia Gamification, a global consortium of gamification consultants, designers, and practitioners based in Austin, Texas. Learn how to level up your corporate training and learning programs, employee onboarding, client engagement, or classroom with a cutting-edge strategy to motivate and engage employees, customers, and students. Our guests each week include gamification gurus, platform providers, and end users who give you tips, tools, and techniques to help you put gamification to work for you. Our website is www.sententiagames.com. Hello, my name is Monica Cornetti, and I am your host for the weekly Gamification Talk radio program. We air this podcast every Saturday, and of course, you can always download on demand any of the previously aired programs that you've missed. Now, this program today is an example of a request that came from listeners just like yourself looking for more information on how they can find platforms that they might be able to use as they implement their gamification. So if you're looking for something that you're not seeing on our programs and you're wondering who would you talk to, how would you find more information, just shoot us an email. You can always send it to me, guru at sententiagames.com, and we'll find a resource for you and interview them on our program. So my guest today is Zach Jones of Technology Advice, and our topic today is finding your perfect match. Today, we'll be talking about why using a third party to find the right gamification software is a must in today's saturated software market. If you've gone out there to look, it's very easy to just get overwhelmed in the first couple minutes of your search. And Technology Advice has the solution to help you as a business or the person in within the business who's responsible for finding the software. And Technology Advice will help to match that, which is ideal for what your needs are. And best of all, okay, it's free. It's free to you as the consumer. So a few things that we'll be talking about today are common problems that gamification software buyers are trying to solve how to use a service like technology advice to find the right software, how this service is free, how can that be, right? Nothing's free, but it is for you, and why you should use technology advice to find your perfect software. So let me just tell you a little bit about Zach. Zach Jones is the VP of Sales at Technology Advice. He's marketing-minded sales leader who has a passion for helping clients connect with buyers through innovative marketing programs. Zach is vocal about providing a better experience for how business buyers research, evaluate, and purchase business technology. He's not afraid to challenge the status quo when it comes to traditional marketing strategy and loves to push marketers to think differently about how they drive results for their business. As a Nashville native and graduate of Middle Tennessee State University, Zach is right at home at Technology Advice, which is based in Nashville, Tennessee. Technology Advice is dedicated to educating, advising, and connecting buyers and sellers of business technology. Zach, thank you so much for being a guest today on Gamification Talk Radio. I appreciate you taking time to be with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Monica. I'm glad we were able to connect. This is really exciting for me because... 
people are always asking me, well, what should I use? And my answer is, of course, it always depends on what are your needs. And that's something that technology advice does very well. So talk with me about that. Why should those like people like my clients who either go through our certifications or are doing design projects, why should they, those who are looking for gamification software, use a service like technology advice? Why would they do that? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said it's just so cluttered out there with all the different softwares available and it seems like there's a new one almost every day. So for me as a buyer, I think about it being very uh, frustrating and causing me a little bit of anxiety about how do I make sure I'm making the right decision on what's best for my team and best for my organization. And I think that's why a service like technology advice is so great because it's able to consolidate uh, all of that information into one place where you can compare, contrast, review, and if you need to, talk to an expert who is talking to all the different gamification vendors every single day. So one of the benefits that we have as an aggregator of all this information is that we have gamification providers and all sorts of different software providers reaching out to us to tell us how great their software is, and we get to vet them, understand them, do demos of all of them over the course of years. So we've been in business uh, technologyvice.com uh, for coming up on four years now. So we've had four years to be able to demo, experience, uh, talk through different um, pros and cons of different solutions. And I think that's what makes our product and the experience of the buyer so great and saves them time on trying to find those different uh, services that are out there. I noticed that uh, when you, what I have a screenshot that I share with my are people that are going through our certifications that, that shows them the technology advice platform and it, it does show uh, ratings and reviews on the different software. Where are those ratings and reviews coming from? Yeah, so they come from a, a few different places. Uh, we always encourage our, our vendors that are on the site to run review uh, campaigns. So to go out to their customers who are enjoying the product and to uh, tell them to go to the site and tell us how their experience was. Obviously, you want those customers to be advocates for your product, and there are so many, and it's a very powerful way uh, to gauge other people's experiences with the use cases and how they've done within their businesses. Mm -hmm. um, and we also drive review campaigns as well because we do not only want to get uh, customers of our vendors, but also people who are using it who aren't happy because I think that's also is valuable. And it, and it could be situations where maybe the software works great for one on a particular use case, and maybe it wasn't so effective in another. And that's where we want to balance using the vendor's perspective and getting our unbiased perspective uh, and making sure that every single review does make it to the site, if it is valid. Uh, I think a lot of times that's the biggest kickback we get from vendors is saying, or, or pushback we get from vendors is saying, hey, this isn't valid because of X, Y, and Z. Uh, but we have a great team that reviews every single review and makes sure that it is published on the site if we feel like it's a credible uh, source. Yeah, that's one of the things with reviews is that uh, I know even uh, without technology, like you'll be in a, a live setting and everybody's giving rave five-star reviews and then there's one person who hated it and you're like, were they even in the same room? And I know that happens. <laughs> I know that happens with yeah. technology also that uh, somebody loves it and another person, it just doesn't click or meet their needs. And 
so that's great that you also validate those or there's a reason why it's skewed and some you know that can be for any number of reasons i noticed when we go to the site it does feel like uh like we're it, like technology advice is asking us to get married. When I say that, I mean like they're asking for a lot of information about the what the consumer's wanting. And I, I know that's for a valid reason that you're asking that information. I just wanted you to help me walk through that with my listeners about why you would ask about, you know, what the project is and how what's the size of the organization. I know some people would prefer to skip those steps, but why are those questions also relevant? Well, I think I think it, it's twofold. One, it gives us the information uh, to be able to do a little bit of research before we even have the conversation with the person who wants to speak with a technology advisor. Mm -hmm. It also allows us to make recommendations through the algorithm on the site so that maybe if they don't want to talk to us, which I think is more and more common these days for buyers, they don't have to. They mm -hmm. can see who we suggest right then and there. Um, I would also say, if you don't want to fill it out, just call us. Uh, we're happy to talk on the phone. I think the perception today is that buyers don't want to talk on the phone and that salespeople don't want to make calls, uh, but we love to talk. It's much easier for our team to make good recommendations after having a conversation. So if you don't want to fill out the form, just give us a call. But the questions are there designed to make the process easier. So it might feel a little uh, mundane or, or maybe overcomplicated, but it really helps us set the stage for the conversation and put us in a, a frame of mind to best help the customer because there are so many different options and so many different uh, levels of uh, pricing and features. So right. It helps us narrow it before the call. Right, and it goes back to, in our certification, we actually don't talk about technology. So we do, uh, in our level one certification, we have a, a learning treasure map that they walk through and there's five different levels of that map. And in each level, there's six stepping stones. So as you count through that, that's a total of 30 stepping stones. Technology doesn't come until uh, we're up to almost 25. And so we're almost mm -hmm. to the end of the map because we teach that it's about strategy and design and then going finding the technology that will match what you're designing for. And Absolutely. I, yeah, and so when, I know people would prefer to just get out there and see a list and then start digging, but actually what you're doing for them is uh, cutting through a lot of services or platforms that would not meet the, not that the platform's not a good platform, but it's not going to meet what their need is. So that helps yeah. to, you know, by, by them taking just a few minutes to answer the questions, it can really help save them a lot of time on the back end of uh, finding the right technology. So, absolutely, absolutely. I would completely agree with that. I think probably the biggest examples of that are number of seats that you need or potentially even the budget that you're willing to spend. If you know on the front on the front end those types of requirements, it can eliminate your search from 100 vendors down to, to five or ten right then and there. Yeah. And so uh, that, that's exactly right. You have to understand at least an idea of internally what you're trying to accomplish, and then there's no sense in looking at a vendor that, can't accomplish one of those things if it's a deal breaker. I always compare it to watching house hunters where they have the must-haves, and you've <laughs> got to have the must-haves on the on the reviews that you're are the gamification software that you're doing. If it doesn't have the must-haves, then why isn't spending time looking at it? Right, exactly. So, what are some of the problems that 
buyers of gamification software are trying to solve? What are some of those problems that you see that they want to solve? I think for I think for us, we get a lot of these cases of around sales teams and motivating sales teams and creating competition as well as uh, engagement and being able to track their success. Uh, I think that's probably been the overwhelming uh, use case for, for people who want to use that on, on more on the sales side, given that we do focus a lot of our attention on B2B software and B2B companies who are coming to look at this. So sales is obviously a big part of that, and the marketing team is driving leads, and they want to make sure that leads are being followed up with, and what you know, there's not really a better way to compete within an organization than to have some sort of gamification solution and tracking, making it public. I think that's the other big thing we hear a lot of times is we want uh, companies want to see results on a, on a screen or make it public to the whole company. Transparency becomes more and more important to these companies as there are so many more solutions out there. So uh, to sum all that, sales team efficiency and competition and tracking as well as being able to share that excitement with the entire organization. That's good. So uh, have you seen, I mean, sales teams, it's kind of, when we talk about gamification, you know, people say, well, haven't we been doing leaderboards forever? And yes, we have, right? And, but that idea of making it public, even if we're not co-located, that anywhere um, in the world, our teams can see results and compare. And I know we're working, um, one of our, our designers who's gone through our certification, he actually is working uh, with Amazon right now on their onboarding program. This is 80,000 people across the globe. And the teams are very competitive uh, with each other in a friendly way. It's all friendly competition, but they do want to know how they rank compared to everybody else, all the other teams, and what they can do differently to improve. So talk with me about in the LMS market or the uh, – talent development training, are you seeing, are you getting a lot of uh, outreach from vendors in those fields who are wanting to put their software on your platform? Yeah, LMS has become a really big part of our website. It's probably one of the fastest growing categories that we have. And I think it goes back to, if I'm going to go out and hire talent, how, how can I also make sure that they are getting up to speed as quickly as possible and I'm being the, the most out of the resources that I'm putting into this person. I mean, you're, you're, it's definitely an investment to bring someone on, so why not even take that deeper and invest in the software that helps them get up to speed more quickly? And so that has been a, a, big, a big growth area for us in terms of vendors reaching out to us as well as the marketing programs that we offer as a, as a whole, um, seeing more and more uh, interaction between buyers and sellers for that type of solution and understanding how it can, can play into their business being more efficient. Yeah. So help me walk the listeners, walk my listeners through the process of finding the best gamification software for their needs. What would that process look like? Yeah. So the first thing I think I would point out to your point is, is to say, you have to understand what you're actually looking for. Make a list of must have, would be nice to have and have an idea of what maybe you're looking to spend, how many people would be on there, and then start doing your research. So I think Google is your best friend. Go ahead and use Google. I think you'll find for gamification in particular, technology device will be 
at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. And I would start with Marie Sites. There's there's other services, software advice, Capcare, GG Crowd. Use all of them. I think that that gives you a really good balance uh, experience. I would say technology advice has a better customer service and feel for how we treat people coming to the site. But that's not to say that we're the only resource. Uh, compare notes. If there's three vendors that are at the top of all those uh, different review sites lists, and those are probably good ones to consider. Um, but from that standpoint, take all the take all the research that you've done and, and try to narrow down your options. I think it can be overwhelming. And then have conversations with with technology advisors. Our, our technology advisors are great at that. And talk through the pros and cons you see, and they'll tell you the pros and cons that they've heard from from clients or what they've seen on their demos and, and give you the limitations. And I think the biggest value in using a service like a technology advisor or a view site when you're looking for gamification or any software that matter is that you get to talk to a real person and there's no marketing gimmicks. I have no I have no incentive to tell you one is better than the other. It's it's this is what I've heard, this is what our clients have told us and these are what buyers who have purchased this have told us. And I'll give it to you straightforward, and you can make your own decision about how it would play into the use case within your business. Yeah. So what are some things as uh, game people are looking for gamification software, what separates one gamification platform from another? Is it mainly, I mean, besides cost, but I don't, yeah. want, I don't want cost to be the differentiating, oh. you know, um, but what, what do you see that differentiates I mean, that's, that's a great question. There are so many, and there are so many lookalike ones, right? I think when uh-huh. gamification, maybe 10 years ago, they all offered the same features. But now, there are some really unique things. I think uh, before they were acquired, Fantasy Sales Team was offering something that nobody yeah. had in terms of yeah. making you feel like a fantasy football. Right. Um, and I think it's also important to keep in mind with your gamification solution, how do they fit into the culture of your team? Is your team uh, younger and more exciting, or are they more... You know, they don't play by the rules. They like to go rogue as a sales team or as an organization and take risks. And that should play into the gamification solution that you tie into. Whereas if you are a more structured company or a bigger company and you have processes that have to be followed, there are probably gamification solutions that would look and feel more like the company culture would look and feel. There are some that I've seen that are very animated, look like cartoons, and that fits for some companies and it doesn't fit for others. So. Mm-hmm. I think all of them offer unique features, so you have to look at what is my personal use case and does it fit into culture. If two things are offering, two solutions are offering the same features at the same price uh, and the same implementation, then which one, which UI, which experience best matches my culture and the people who are using it? That's probably the best advice that I'll give there. Yeah, that's good because uh, I wasn't even thinking about culture as I was asking that question, and that's excellent to include in your response is that really, uh, you know, when we work on design, it is not uncommon for us to hear something like, we are serious people doing serious work, and this doesn't, and <laughs> like, and I get that, I hear that, and I also know that people are people and that learning can be great fun and learning can be challenging and we can solve problems and we can do all kinds of things that serious people do uh, and still have a uh, enjoy doing it. So it's great that 
there are options out there so that it does not have to look uh, like you said, more animated or more, I'll say, cartoonish, although that sounds like a negative and it's not in my mind. It's just uh, yeah. we enjoy fun as as human beings. We're wired, most of us, uh, to enjoy that to some degree. So, Of course. Yeah, I think I think the best example of that may not fall directly within gamification, but it's what's on top of mind is uh, with Salesforce Trailhead. They have these cartoon characters and you get these badges. But at the same time, the UI also is very business focused. It, it does look like a, a CRM system. So I think that brings a good balance. But it, it's probably something that people wouldn't think about right off. But I, but it, adoption is probably the biggest hindrance to using these types of things. And so if you're not going to have a, a gamification solution that fits in culturally and people aren't going to adopt it, then you wasted your money. Right, exactly. Very good. All right, so you did mention that Google's your best friend. Go out there and search. Technology advice will be at the top, but there are other companies. So what sets technology advice apart from those other companies that offer similar services? What makes you different? Well, I think the fact that I, I told everyone to go look at our competitors <laughs> is, is one big thing that makes us different, and it really speaks to how we want to operate as a business. I want to put the buyer first, and if I can do that and I provide a a great experience for someone coming looking for a different software or a solution for their business, that's what's going to win out. And that's what's going to make vendors want to work with us and buyers want to come back to us. So we try to be unbiased, uh, an absolute resource, be customer focused, and, and put the emphasis on how the buyer buys and not how the vendors market to. I think a lot of times that is what the industry has come to in our space is all of our competitors think about how do I get marketers more leads? people who are in market and I think how do I get buyers a better experience so that when my vendors do call them the the buyer is actually in a mood to have a conversation with itself even is in market so I would say that's probably the biggest differentiator is that if I can't help you I'll find somebody who can even if it is a competitor and that's the mindset we want to say take care of the buyer first and everything else will follow from there that's good if a and this is probably too uh, far out of a question, but let's say that somebody is working on their design and they want to implement what would be a realistic time frame. I know it would guess, I guess it would be based on company size and what they want to do, but uh, you were talking about adoptions going to be your biggest hindrance. Uh, I see a lot of uh, let's hurry up and rush this. We need to get this done by next month. And I think, oh my, there's so much we need to do before we we do that. What would be, do you have a how long people can realistically expect an implementation would take to get rolling? That's too broad based, isn't it? Um, that that is tough. I mean, I think I think it could be quick. You know, companies should move fast. I mean, we always try to be quick but not hurry mm -hmm. here. Uh, so I think. I would say it depends on the size of your team. It could be anywhere from, from weeks to, to six months, depending on how big it is, how it rolled out. I think one thing you could look at in larger organizations that may have a, a longer rollout time is trying to do it in weeks within smaller teams. Mm -hmm. So focus on, focus on one group and implement it and try to get that adoption, and then you can build a foundation for how you roll it out to the rest of the team. And your adoption time or implementation time per team should get shorter, and then you just scale from there. So that wasn't a great answer in terms of an actual timeline. The, the real answer is it varies widely. 
Right, right. And that was not a good question either. I just, it's one of those that I look at it, you know, we have to roll it out to 22,000 people. And my thought is, well, we're not going to do that all at once, are we? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's do some, let's do it in teams. Let's do it in cultures. Let's do it uh, geographically. Let's, let's find a way to roll this out so that we're, you know, and we can iterate along the way then too. We can, uh, adjust as necessary. So thank you for answering that kind of, I promised no I would, I promised you I wouldn't throw you those weird questions that I did. So I apologize for that. Okay. I mean, I think that's a good question. I think for us too, it's, it's a little difficult because we are the matchmaker and we're not the actual one implementing it. Uh-huh. And so while we can get feedback on how long it did take, it doesn't necessarily mean that would be the case for, for each and every person. It could be very unique per team. So um, we don't see that side of it as much. Uh, once once we make that handoff and that, that warm introduction, a lot of times the vendors are taking it from there and setting proper expectations. So maybe the point of, of this conversation or to wrap everything up is to say, ask ask the people you're evaluating what it should take and then hold them to that. Mm-hmm. That's good. Very good. Okay, so the big question that I haven't asked you yet is how can this possibly be free? Nothing's free. So how how is that, that this service is free? Well, somebody's paying for it. So the, the vendors are paying us to be connected with the buyers, and uh, they do it on a, on a per-project basis. So they pay to be on the website. They pay to be um, not ranked. We don't let them pay to be on the top or, or pay to be, uh, somewhere on the site, but they do have to pay to play to be on there. And that's not to say we won't recommend those organizations if they're not on the website, uh, but they do have to, to pay to be a part of the audience because there is value in being there and being present. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to pay money to be able to offer a free service. So the answer, the short answer is the vendors pay for it. It is marketing to them. So as an organization, our core service is marketing programs. So we offer both the website to help buyers connect with vendors and vendors connect with buyers, but we also uh, run email and telemarketing programs for enterprise clients as well. So clients come to us looking for different marketing programs and how they take their brands and products to market, and this is just one channel that we offer them to do that. Right. Got it. Okay. So it's coming from the other side. That's great. That makes total sense. Yeah. So uh, again, to reiterate, though, there is no... uh, when I talk to an advisor, I can be confident in knowing that advisor is not uh, promoting a certain software to me because he, he gets certain perks or something if he recommends a particular software. Absolutely not. So our, our technology advisors are not incentivized uh, to promote one over the other. They're incentivized to make good recommendations and to make sure that the, the buyers have good experiences. Um, we also want to make sure that uh, we give people multiple options and make sure that we not are just pushing one or two. We always seek to find three or four. And right. so they are incentivized by providing a um, variety of options as opposed to one over the other. In most cases, uh, the, the technology advisors have no idea uh, what a vendor is paying us or if they're paying us at all because sales and technology advisors, so sales being the people who are bringing the vendors on and having to pay for the fees, um, is not the same department or anywhere in the same or same uh, yeah, department as the people who are making the recommendations. So it is kept separate. I think the one thing I would say is that some of the technology advisors have really good relationships 
with uh, some of the vendors, and that's because those vendors put time into making sure that we understand the product and understand um, their level of customer service. And I think by us working with that vendor, uh, we understand how they're going to treat their customers as well. So that may be the only thing that, that plays in their mind, but I think that's a, a very much a pro. If our technology advisor uh, dislikes working with the vendor because they're rigid, I would think that they're going to treat the customer pretty much the same way. Um, and not to say that if it's a good solution, we won't recommend it, but relationships matter. And I think that's the one thing that you can't take out of the equation. I think that's great because reality is we do buy from people that we know, like, and trust. And I, mm -hmm. I may not know anything about a particular software, which is a good assumption if I come to your website and your advisors who have been working with them, exactly, if they... Uh, what I find is that oftentimes when I'm working on implementation of a design, I'll talk to, uh, I'll just call them IT, I'll talk to the people who are actually doing the coding and, and they'll say to me, I don't, I don't think we can do that. And I'll say, well, I think you already have it. It just, your output looks different and I think you already have it. And then I'll get a call back from them and they'll say, we're already doing this. And I'll say, I know, that's what we talked about. And then they'll say, okay, we can. So that willingness to look at uh, what the needs of the customer are and then uh, create that and make sure they can provide it within the software. And if the advisors know those platforms who, because that's, you know, I've learned along the way that iteration is always part of design that we may not be doing it now but oh well we can do that let's let's get that going so that's good to know that those relationships are there all right so let's just yeah. say oh go ahead sorry go ahead well, no, I, I think I think that's that's a perfect way to put it I mean at the end of the day if two things are exactly the same two products and, and mm -hmm. we know that one is, is going to take care of the client and go the extra mile then I'm going to recommend that one. And I think that's with any business, and I would hope people would, would want us to do it that way. Not to say the other one's a bad solution and they can make their decision, but business is relationship-based. Yeah, exactly. All right, we're just about out of time. So how can my listeners take advantage of your service? What would be a next step if they wanted to take advantage and start exploring? Go to technologyadvice.com, uh, and, and it's, Everything is self-prompted. It should be a fairly easy uh, user experience. Um, please let me know if it's not. We want to make that better all the time. We're constantly working on that. Uh, or just give us a call. Uh, Russell Nanning, he's our uh, lead technology advisor. Uh, I can give you his, his contact information as well. I'll have to look it up. Maybe I can send it over to you and you can post it in the details of this podcast. Uh, but he would be a great person just to reach out to. Tell him you're looking for a gamification solution or any software. And, and let us help you out. I think it's simple as that. That's great, Zach. So the website is simply technologyadvice.com. So that's advice, A-D-V-I-C-E, technologyadvice.com. Uh, you can find them out on Twitter. They're on Facebook. They're on LinkedIn. Uh, Zach, thank you so much for taking time to shed some light on the process. I know uh, as people are looking, it can get overwhelming. They can uh, – they have that – fear of missing out on something, fear of making a decision, or they have pressure that this decision has to be made pretty quickly. And so having a provider like, uh, well, uh, uh, that, that connector, 
technology advice is really that connector that I have a need, you have solutions, or you know people who have solutions, and you can connect us. So that's great to know that this service is there for everyone. So thanks, Zach, so much. Is there anything I've missed that you want to add? No, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate uh, you reaching out and connecting, and I'm glad we're able to talk. Thank you for being an advocate for, for the service. Uh, we really do try to just make the buyer experience the best. So I'm glad that you've seen that and recommend this to, to the folks you're looking at. And we understand how how much anxiety can go into making a, a decision, especially in a small or medium-sized business. So we just want to make that as easy as possible. Thanks so much. So uh, go ahead and take a look out there at Technology Advice. Play around a little bit. You'll enjoy it. You'll have some fun. It's got a really good uh, user interface. You'll, you'll enjoy that experience. So uh, we'll see each other again next Saturday. We'll have uh, another guest that you can join us on Gamification Talk Radio. And so everyone, have a great week. Go out there and uh, work on making the experiences fun and interactive for your learners and your team and look for things that surprise and delight you along the way. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Thank you so much, Zach. Thanks, Mark. Bye-bye. Gamification Talk Radio is sponsored by Sententia Gamification, a global consortium of gamification consultants, designers, and practitioners based in Austin, Texas. Learn how to level up your corporate training and learning programs, employee onboarding, client engagement, or classroom with a cutting-edge strategy to motivate and engage employees, customers, and students. Our guests each week include gamification gurus, platform providers, and end users who give you tips, tools, and techniques to help you put gamification to work for you. Our website is www.sententiagames.com.